Welcome to the first episode of Forza, Between the Lines, hosted by me, Maria Fay, And me, Jack. Hey, schnazzy. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Who thought we'd be here? I know. Welcome. Cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, as Maria Fay said, this is Forza. Did I say that right? Forza, roll your R's. Arr, yeah. Like a machine gun. <laughs> what was that? Uh, so this is Fuerza. Is that better? Fuerza, yeah. Between the lines, uh, we welcome you to join us as Maria Faye and I chat to athletes about the highs and lows of pro- professional sport. Um, why between the lines? Within their own field, court, pool, whatever. Every form of ground yeah. or court, whatever you complete your sport on. So we wanted to chat to sports people from all sports, as we just said, retired, career peaking, um, and we wanted to use this as a platform for athletes to open up about the ins and outs, the be highs and lows. And yeah, be real and raw. For sure, real and raw. That is exactly what we want. So we want professional people to come on here, um, professional sports people to come on here and talk about the choices that they've made along the way and and how it's shaped them. Yeah. And like you said, we want it to be really raw. Yeah, and off-court too, or off-field, both. Because I think they're both really important. What goes on between the lines, on and off the court. Yeah, exactly. So this is episode one. Uh, We've got a very special guest straight off the bat. Our first guest today is the other half. (laughs) Oh, drum roll. You want drum roll? (laughs) Uh, The other half of Between the Lines. Maria Faye, welcome. Thank you. How have you been? Yeah, good. Sunday. Good day today. Beautiful, beautiful day. Sunshine was out. What'd you get up to? I know. I was with you the whole yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> we took the puppy for a walk. It was a proactive day, wasn't it? 5K. Knocked 5K her out. walk. I actually got tired. I literally get tired doing anything else. You're a beach volleyball. Other than beach volleyball. You only yeah. do. You can only walk on sand. If you if you ask my muscles to do anything else other than training beach volleyball, you break down. my muscles just Every off season. It. Every off season, you're like, I'm going to run. 5k every day you run 1k and you're dead well i'm not used to it i'm only used to literally going side by side within an eight by eight minute note to all parents you must have your kid play multiple sports but i did you stopped when you were like 13 yeah well that's when i knew i wanted to just do beach volleyball yeah not all of us are good at 13 (laughs) all right mate so park it um first of all Let's get cracking. So, so what led you to doing a podcast? Uh, well, we've been talking about this for ages, haven't we? And we just haven't had, we haven't really found the right time to start this. And and COVID hit and we thought, well, why not better than start it now when we have so much time up our sleeves? So um, I thought it would be more complicated. And I think that's why we didn't really get around doing it. But Yeah, it scares you. Yeah, I guess starting something new, hey. Well, the fear of failure. But I guess there is no failure because there's nothing. Right or wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many people would do it. Um, I was chatting to a friend tonight and they said they wanted to do it. They did a lesson. They did a course on podcasting. So now they want to do it. That friend's actually the person who's coming on episode two. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, yeah. Yeah, and I think... Like, how exciting to 
kind of bring something to life like as we just said we've been thinking about doing this for a while now and we're like well let's just do it just do it like don't think about it more just do it have a crack just yeah just yeah have a crack like you said so the other what we did is we just went out we got the stuff we watched youtube clips we listened to other podcasts read some material and off we went here we are episode one of hopefully something that's pretty cool so we're going to aim to do this once a week um every week have someone different from a different sport Mm -hmm. like i said the first episode is going to be about you and then next week you and i'll host someone different yeah and Um, we'll we'll aim to not just have athletes but we'll also have maybe coaches or someone that's have like strength and conditioning coaches um psychologists just different get a different perspective on what a high performance sports person goes through Mm-hmm. not only you know between the lines as we said but also off the court and the decisions they need to make um alrighty, let's get cracking so maria Faye, every everyone knows you or people who don't know you you're a beach volleyball player um, i'm sure most people who will listen to this to start off with follow any form of social media that you have you move to australia when you're 11 uh, manly beach blah 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 now you're playing for australia I want to take you back to 2005. So everyone knows you moved to Australia from Peru. 2004, December 15th. Apologies. <laughs> everyone knows you moved to Australia in 2004, December 15th uh, with your mum. You come to the country. Not many people know it. You come to the country with $1,000. Zero English. And you can't speak English. Yeah. How's that Still for can't. a... Yeah. <laughs> speak the truth. How's that for a hurdle for you and your mum? Um, honestly, I had no fear when mum first told me, let's go to Australia. What do you think about moving to Australia? I remember being so excited about the fact that we were leaving Peru and just moving to Australia. Have Um, you ever thought about living in Australia prior to this? No. Did you know Australia? Yeah, I did because my, I have an auntie who lives in Sydney. Um, my mum used to live in Sydney back in the seventies. Um, and my obviously my auntie would visit us in Peru every year, so I knew about Australia. Um, I knew it was so far away, uh, but yeah, I knew about the country. Um, and yeah, when Mum first told me about it, I was super super excited. For some reason, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't really enjoying. I just remember hating school. Hey, like in Peru. In Peru, yeah, it was super super strict. I went to a Swiss school, Swiss German school, and it was. So so strict and you know I was I was a I was a student at school who I wasn't an A plus I wasn't an A minus I was just an A student so it's just just an average just, you know, got just the, shout out to all the people that don't get A's like myself you know there's B C D E and F yeah yeah I do but I was you got A's you're whinging about your school and you got A's like I wasn't a bad student and I wasn't a top student. I was an average. Like I got That's the work a C. done. That's a C. No, Welcome to the not. C class. B, maybe B. I'll turn it up. <laughs> I got the job done, but I wasn't like super into studying. I was just mainly into sports and arts. That, that was me. No one's into studying when they're less than 11 years old. Yes, there is. There's a lot of people who are love Those people academics. are now rich and have a great job. Good for them. <laughs> um... But yeah, anyway, I didn't enjoy my school life in Peru and I I don't know, I just wasn't, I guess, a happy kid. I don't know. It's it's a bit hard to un, to explain, but 
yeah, when my mum told me that we were coming to Australia, I was super, super excited and I couldn't wait. How many bags did you come with? Two each. Because that's land. all we could bring. So you land in Australia, you've got four bags. You cannot speak a word of English. No. When there's like the, what is that card you fill out? The customs card. When you fill out the customs card, you have no idea what you're doing. Oh, I didn't fill it out. Mum did. So you land at the airport. What happens? Auntie picked us up and I just remember driving and just looking outside and being so amazed by the clean air. Because in Lima, I don't know if you know, but Lima is always grey. The sun never comes out. It never rains. It's just... It's just overcast. Yeah, it's overcast. Something to do with the Humboldt current that doesn't... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Are you trying to be smart? <laughs> Tell the me. Humboldt current. Something to do with the condensation. That, so it never rains and it's always grey. So, yeah, I remember just... You know, in December, summertime in Australia, yeah, blue so skies, beautiful day. Sydney, beaches pumping, yeah, dudes like, with their shirts off, So much six order, packs. the what? traffic. The traffic, it was just like, Peru traffic is just a jungle. There's no respect, there's I've no I've heard roads. that, so the lines in Peru on the road. If there's no two lanes, cares. they'll make three. Yeah. And the left car that wants to turn right will stay in the left lane and cut everyone off. Just because, cut across. Yeah, it's just like, it's so disrespectful. There's people swearing like across the cars and beeping in a red light. It's just horrendous. Like I'm really not selling Peru, am I? But no. shout out to Peru. <laughs> you know, no, no. When the borders open, everybody jump on a plane. <laughs> no, and let me one. tell you, the best food in the yeah, world. You don't shut up about the best that. food in the world. You know, it's got beautiful places about it, but maybe not Lima, the capital. The mountains, the jungle. But yeah, maybe not Lima. But so yeah. You, you come to Australia, your auntie picks you up. Yes. You start school. So we usually start school a in Australia later. in like February or something. Yeah, late January. Yeah, usually after Australia yeah. Day. Um, and I had the choice, I remember, because my, obviously, as I mentioned, my auntie and my uncle lived, have lived here for bloody 40 years already. Yeah. Um, and my uncle was organizing school for me. I did year six. And I had the choice of going to an ESL school, which is a English as a second language yeah, school. Yeah, speaking of English. Or just a run-of-the-mill primary school and I was like nah I just want to go to a normal primary school I'm gonna just take a risk and but you or your mum chose that pardon you or your mum chose what school to go to so your uncle organized the school so your uncle told you you can go to a school where they're gonna help you learn English and you're like no bugger it no I want to go to to a run-of-the-mill school uh yeah I just want to 11 year old makes that choice (laughs) I know I just had that feeling I was like nah I want to go to a normal primary school so you go to school, you can't speak a word of English. Yeah. How long does it take you? Because in New South Wales, high school is in grade seven. High school is like make or break. That's when you yeah. become a so cool kid. Yeah, so I did year six first. So you did one year. One year of year six. How Took, long did it take? I learned this phrase, I don't speak English. So, and you just used that until I just did, yeah, I just said that for like six months straight. <laughs> and when did you learn? Like, do you remember speaking English? Do you remember learning how to speak English? Oh, yeah. I was lucky that that primary school actually gave me two days per week a one-on-one with a teacher mrs wall who became literally my best friend she was so lovely and we actually stayed in touch for a few years and i would see her in the local shopping center and i would get so excited to see her even after school even after i finished year 12 i would see her and it was just so lovely yeah we we really built a, a nice relationship and um yeah she was super lovely it made she made it really easy to learn and fun yeah what were there any struggles what was the biggest struggle 
with that sort of gap you're trying to like I Let's actually say, remember being bullied by this girl in U6. I won't name her name, but I can fully remember her name and dang, last name. <laughs> that's a vendetta. Um, yeah, I remember being bullied. Yeah, she was really mean to me. And obviously, she took advantage of the fact that I didn't speak English. What, and what did she pick on you about? Not speaking not English. Not speaking English. and um, Not speaking English. And I guess at that time, I didn't really have friends because I couldn't speak English. And 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 these kids had... A, it was U6, so, you know, they've... Yes, yeah, so lunchtime. They've had from... Year one to year six together, they've grown up together. And yeah, that's I like come. you're in the last year of primary school. And yeah. Six. So lunchtime. What do you do at lunchtime? Well, I've never, Play I've never been a shy girl. Wall? I've never been a shy girl. And ah, straight I, to the boys. <laughs> I did hang out with the boys. Yeah, and I you learned, did. You I learned handball. Dog. I loved handball. Um, no, but I literally would just go and and kind of push myself into the circle. <laughs> you still do that. <laughs> you still do that. And I really just try to make friends like that. So I just, I don't know, I guess I would just sit there and and try and become friends with them. Um, but yeah, she was really mean. She wouldn't, she would always deny me and she so wouldn't. So obviously me. you got picked on. You got picked on for not speaking. Yeah, I did, yeah. English. And, and then, what about going into like. But then I started joining all the school, uh, all the sport teams. And, yeah. and that was for me a way of, you know, getting to know more people and kind of getting acceptance from more people. A hundred percent. You so you're eleven. You moved to a country. You're learning how to speak English, and you choose sport. And sport is your way of learning quickly and bonding with those who yeah. you can't even speak to. Sport is an international language. I moved uh, to yeah, Adelaide 100%. two and a half years ago. I didn't know a soul apart from you. You spend six months of the year overseas. I have met long, lifelong friends in Adelaide through sport. My sport's rugby, and Adelaide the rugby. It's not like known for rugby. They play that AFL game down here. Um, I still have no idea how it works. It's just a weird game. Just a different sport. So rugby, it's not strong down here. So they're all just tin crushes. They love it. There's some freakish talents down here, hidden. People who have played for their country. There's an international, there's a Fijian international boy playing down here. Played for the Rebels. Played over in France. There's just freakish hidden talents down in Adelaide. And that has led me to lifelong friendships now. Yeah. So for you, even at the age of, I'm 26, but even at the age of 11, sport is what got you yeah. into those groups? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was a wave of me communicating and becoming a part of something. Um, yeah, and I started getting recognition because um, I guess I've always played sport. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't new to sport. I, yeah. I was pretty... You could pick things yeah, up. Yeah, I was pretty coordinated and... Um, and yeah, so it was, was um, yeah, I guess a bit easier to, to get, I don't know, to get selected. <laughs> um, so you started making teams. Um, and this is the other thing that I thought I wanted to chat to you about. You started making teams, you know, when you're like 13 or 14, and or straight away. And at this away. stage as well, I was playing for New South Wales, the indoor team, the volleyball team. So what the school did, in itself... When did you get picked for your first state team? When I was 13, uh, 12 or 13. So the following year? Yeah. Yeah, straight away. Because you because played volleyball my uncle, growing up. Yeah, I started yeah. when I was really young. Yeah. And my uncle, he's so like enthusiastic. And even before I arrived in Australia, he already had hooked everything for me to go yeah, your training. Uncle's <laughs> taught, your uncle's told me a story. Yeah. About how he signed up to you, he signed you up to this volleyball club. Yeah. And you were playing with 
the people who were your age or your skill level and you got sick of playing on that court so you walked over to a different court where like the open girls court was and you started cracking like jump serves as an 11 year old and people were like no 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 you can't come here yeah and you got like four or five points in a row and i can just imagine your uncle in the bleachers up the top just shouting out (laughs) to you yeah i've always been that kind of stubborn girl in that way where if i want to try and do something and figure it out i kind of won't stop till i get it i remember clearly being at my sister's um, volleyball club in Peru because obviously she played and that's how I really got into it. And I was, I would have been, I don't know, maybe seven years old and I was trying to surf over um, over the net and they, and my sister's coach would be like, no, start halfway on the court. Like there's a line, the three meter line, start there and slowly build your way back. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, no, I'm going back from the first go. I'm going to surf from this line. I don't want to start here. And I was just... You're like a chihuahua. Literally, I was just like, no, I'm going to do here from here. And I started just serving and and until I got it. You have small... We call it small man and syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> when, <laughs> we wa- when we walk Millie, our five-month-old puppy, we always see chihuahuas. And chihuahuas don't care what how big the other dog is. If it's a rottweiler that's like 50 kilos, the chihuahua just Maybe I there. do, yeah. But I'm just like, no. I'm going to get it and I'm not going to give up. So, yeah, I remember it clearly. And I stood at that baseline and I got the ball over and I was so excited. So, you, you, like you said, you started playing volleyball when you were young. So, that led to you when you got to Australia. You started getting picked for teams straight away, like national, uh, not national teams, like state, state teams, teams and leading yeah. on to other opportunities. Grade 11 and 12 comes around. So, you've only been in the country for five or six years. 11 and 12, you're like 17, 18 years old. What's it like for a 17 and 18 year old who trains, say, five or six times a week, mornings and afternoons? You're also traveling. Anyone that's played sport, they know that, like, your Saturday is a rub off. You just write your Saturday off because yeah. you're playing sport that whole day. Sunday, you might hang out with some friends, um, or you might have to play for the other team that you play for, like yeah. school sports Saturday, or train. club sports Sunday. I so, state training, state training on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. So, what's it like for a 17 and 18 year old girl to not? go to things that they call cool back in those days they still probably call it cool in school like you don't go to house parties yeah. you don't go on like trips with friends away for the weekend but instead you you play sport what was yeah. that like oh i got heckled just the standard you're a loser why don't you drink why don't you go to this party blah 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 but i was just so sure of what i wanted and i was i knew what i wanted i had a dream i had my goals and no one was going to get in the way. Um, just just like, blocked out white noise. Yeah. Um, you know, I had my few friends that are still my best friends from school um, that believed in me and supported me. But the majority of them just, you know, in a way, I think for them, they do that because either they wish they were in your position or they, you know, they feel a little bit of envy of what oh, you jealousy do. for sure. Yeah, yeah and 100%. it's just, or they try to put you down because they're not confident or they're so self-conscious. You know, this that those things goes on every day in every in anything. Like chicks, not chicks, anything. eh? No, it's not chicks. It's chicks. No. <laughs> if anyone has a book as to how women work, please let me borrow it because I'm still trying to understand my. Oh, fiance. and men are perfect, aren't you guys? Nope. Um, so you, your biggest hurdle going through high school who would have thought that being picked for teams and being privileged in that way led 
to the downfall of you know being picked on because you weren't going to house parties. Oh, and I got picked off when I got in schoolies. They were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're going to you're not going to schoolies." Like that's like the one thing, like year twelve students look forward to. It's like everything, and I'm like. I had a tournament. I remember I had an overseas tournament. I don't remember exactly what I had. You couldn't go because you're I couldn't go. And I got picked on so much. I went to schoolies. I went to schoolies in Queensland. We went for a week and I had an unbelievable time. And the guys there, great guys. And just through my rugby and my domestic and international travels, I've fallen out of contact with those guys. And I still see what they are up to on social media here and there, but I don't talk to those guys yeah. anymore. So, like, you, you're not missing out on much. You know, I don't think too many Romeo and Juliet stories come yeah. from schoolies. If so, it's because nine months later, something happened. Mm. Wah, little baby popped out. But I don't think... Yes, it's, it's yeah, fascinating. And I, yeah, like, I never... I honestly, honestly, I... Because I started so young, um, I, I guess I never really got to live that teenage party life. But you know what? I don't regret it one single bit. It shaped me to be the person I am today. I knew the choices I was making. I knew the decisions I was making. I could have definitely chose to go to the party. I could have definitely chose to go to school. I could have, you know, I had the choice. Just like every day we have choices. And I made the choice. Yeah, every day we wake up and you get a choice, right? Every day. You got to make a choice and it shapes. Who you are. Yeah. In every, in every situation, you make choices. And yeah, I mean, the, the things I've been through and the experiences and the journey so far that I've been through, I, I don't regret it one bit. And I've had people from school message me and, you know, well, straight after. after school were like, you know, respecting me and literally been like oh my god like I'm- so people you just didn't talk to or they heckled you at school yeah right now. Yeah, yeah they're like oh my god it's like- crazy when you're at school you think and my sister she's four years younger than me and i you know when she finished school i was like 22 23 and you learn a lot more in those early years of your 20s so you leave school and you think you're kingpin oh my god i played for like the first in netball rugby afl cricket i'm the hot chick look at me you leave school and there goes your world of like 1,200 students. Now there's 25 million people in Australia. Yeah. you got to compete with them. So I've seen it like I, I saw my sister would you know, worry about certain things and it's like, chill out because that bubble pops. Mm. And once that school bubble pops, welcome to the real world. Yeah. And it actually reminded me. And then you realize who your true friends are. Oh, yeah, for And sure. I literally have, you know, three max from school because I'd rather have three really best friends or really good friends then five, no, yeah, like you half, know, yeah. half, yeah, like fakies, fakies, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. are only there in the highs and they're not there in the lows. Do you remember MySpace when you had to put people oh my in God. your like tops and, and stuff like yes. that? And oh the God. like, just the drama the from it drama. all. The drama. Oh my God, I'm in your top one, but you're not. In- <gasps> yeah. I, I would struggle if I had more than you know three or four. I have, I would say like four. How many have I got? One, two, three, four. Four, yeah, four or five of my mates who are who I would call. But then you've got the others that, you know, they come along as well. But it's you, the ones when you move or when you go through things in life, you find out who. Yeah, who really, who really by stick you. by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's talk some sport. Um, this is called Between the Lines. I want to take you to Rio Olympics, 2016. Um, how many teams qualify for 20, beach volleyball? 24. So 24 teams in the Olympics, and it's 15? 15 qualify through the top So top yeah, 15 automatically, automatically qualify as of like June or whatever it is. And then the next nine come through the continents yeah. in the world. How did you qualify? So Nick and I qualified to um, yeah to Rio through a continent. So you're in the bottom nine. Zone. Yeah. Um, so you qualify. It ain't the front door. Yeah. You know, no one ushered, no one welcomed you in. You weren't ushered in. You come through the window. How's that sit for you mentally? You've just qualified for the Olympics. Unreal. How good's this? Is that the end? Yeah. Uh, no. So qualifying for the Rio was just you know a small step small step there um the job wasn't done obviously you don't just qualify to the olympics to just qualify to the olympics and get your uniform like for us um yeah free kit like that's why we play sport you only play sport because of the free (laughs) kit no one plays it no it's free kit like we had the mentality obviously you don't go to the olympics like i just said just to be a part of it you know may as well just go and watch um yeah, we went with the. Obviously, everyone goes there to win, and even though for us, you know, winning might have been so far away, you still go with that mentality. Yeah, to win and compete and do your best, and you know, do your country proud, and um, you know, being surrounded by so many top athletes from around the world, it's it's just such an honor. So. So you go onto the court, and you want to win every game. Yeah. You want to get the gold medal. 100%. What's it like? See, so your first game, is that like one o'clock in the morning? Yeah, against and, Kerry in April. Yes, yeah, so you're probably up against like top three, one of the top yeah. three teams in the world. What's it like going out to play against them? What's your mentality like? Well, we went out there to win. I mean, even though we knew we were facing them. Yeah. And they were hot. Um, prior, like obviously everyone expected them to win and for us not to win even though you know for us winning was so far away you still go out there to win like for me I've had I guess kind of I've had a fighting spirit and I think you might come from a South American background like I've never I hate losing just like everyone yeah. and I've just always had this mentality where no one beats me you know, that's such a wow coming out. No, no one's better than me. No one beats me. Um, so I go, you know, whatever game I go into, whether I think I'm going to win or I think I'm going to lose, whatever, whatever you, the white noise. Might, yeah, you block it out. The little, you, you know, voice on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I block it out and I'm like, I'm going out there to win. Um, yeah, and I think. It's, that's what I think it's kind of helped me through all my just fighting through all your yeah all the challenges, challenges I've had to kind of that leads to the next one so I have a challenge that you went through um, so you now teamed up with T Taliqua Clancy you guys are absolutely killing it you've got your support team which is headed by Kirk Pittman your coach ex-Kiwi player um, your assistant coach Brad Tutton um, two formidable names within beach volleyball around the world already You've been together for two years? Yeah, this would have been our third season. Yeah. So, so we teamed up late 2017. So, yeah. So you've done like two and a bit years. Um, prior to pairing with T, we were, da- we, we were dating already. Um, and I watched 
what I reckon is by far the most challenging time of your career. So mm-hmm. you come home from Rio, you get like three or four weeks off. You get because after the Olympics, like anyone that anyone that's friends with anyone who is an Olympian knows that the Olympics, your life is guided by four year brackets. Yeah. So our wedding guided by four year brackets. Us looking to have a kid guided by four year bracket. Yeah. So we do everything. My life is pretty much planned in four years. After the cycles. yeah. So as soon as the Olympics finish, that's your best holiday period. Um, so you take your three to four weeks off. You come and see me in Brisbane. You come back. You're ready to go to training. Hold up. You've just come back from the Olympics. You're at the peak of your career at this point in time. You come back from the Olympics. You find yourself partnerless. You're the seventh girl in a program. Anyone that knows beach volleyball, there's only two players on the court. Quick math. You're the odd one out. Yep. How did you find out you're the odd one out? Well, we... Usually, we start our summer national tour by playing a national tour event here in SA, SA Open. And yeah, I didn't have a partner. So you rock up to training? There's just no and one to play yeah, with? Yeah, everyone's teamed up. How's that sit? Well, I'm like... If I came back from the, the Olympics, <laughs> I'm in the top 24 teams in the world. Theoretically, you're in the top 24 teams in the world. And you don't have a partner to play with. So you go, you go from like what you think is a really good milestone, getting ready to prepare for, you know, this is four years ago, you're getting pretty ready to prepare for Rio and you're partnerless. How's your mentality? Uh, yeah, I was really, really upset. I was devastated. Um, yeah, it's funny because before I was part of the program, if I played with anyone outside the program, it was it wasn't a thing. Like I had to kind of play with someone from the program. And then you know, two thousand and seventeen, I'm in the program. I've been in the program for five years, six years, and and then I find myself having to actually find someone to play from outside the program. Um, yeah, it was it was really really tough times. 2017 really tested me. It tested my character um, right from the start, like right from January. Um, I had to go and find Yupa. Shout out to Yupa for teaming up with teaming me last with minute. You. So you spoke about you come to Australia when you're 11. You get picked in teams straight away, and then yeah. you go. And then I had a yeah. I got. Selected straight away, I think, because you know, being thirteen and having already started playing volleyball at such a young age, you're ahead in terms of of Australia because it's not like it's not not a huge sport in Australia. So skill wise, yeah, yeah, I might have been ahead, but I, you know, I've never been the tallest. I've never been the biggest athlete. Um, What did you get told? Why did you not have a partner? What did you get told? So I'm thinking, like back in my rugby days, right? Back in my rugby days. You don't get picked and you you would get dropped. I, I guess I've always been cut. overlooked because of my height maybe or, you know, I've always, especially throughout, you know, the junior years and yeah. all that, I've had to really work really hard because I, and this is really um, something I found coming from Peru to Australia, just different cultures and the way people look in sports like I found that in Australia they really 
looked into the science and the numbers that of yeah, side natural of talent natural talent just to pe- Shane Watson phenomenal cricketer Phil Hughes phenomenal cricketer Philip Hughes came into the Australian cricket team with the worst technique anyone had ever saw Shane Watson came into the cricket Australian cricket team mechanically technique created and when he was on he was beautiful mm-hmm. unbelievable when he was off couldn't hit a beach volleyball. So when Philip Hughes came in, yeah. his technique was so messy, but no one knew what to do. Yeah. And he got runs straight away. You look at Steve Smith now. Anyone that you don't have to watch cricket, you just know Steve Smith does things wrong. Yeah. Everyone is like, look at the world's greatest batsman. Don't do what he does. I think a naturally gifted athlete will always make it further than like a mechanically made athlete. Mm. That's why I didn't make it far, because I'm not naturally gifted, <laughs> nor am I mechanically <laughs> I just suck. You're just really fast. It's just run. Unfortunately, you have to do other things in rugby, like tackle, and I hate that. Um, so you... Well, yeah, that's what I really, I found straight away, that we're really interested more in numbers and the science side of things, instead of the talent or the passion or how a Tom you know, Brady, eh? A, a player would play the game. Yeah, Tom Brady. What was he like draft pick 196 or something? White guy. No one would think he would do anything. Tom Brady, NFL quarterback? Yes, yes. Sorry, I had oh a mental blank. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't have a teammate. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that leads to seven different partners in 11 events. My God. Name everyone I've played with them, and I during that period, and I think you won like six out of the eleven events or something. It was like, and it's not the gold medal of the Olympics. Yeah, you were going through like Swiss national tour. Yeah, um, some German stuff. I just really. What are you going to put back to? In a way, let my actions do the talking because I was sick of it. I was. You know, I was heartbroken. You know, it was it was it was tough. But you know, we this this is sport, and we go through those moments. And I think it's I'm you know now I look back and I'm so grateful I went through that and I was put in that situation because it's really shaped me to be the person I am today, to have the resilience I have today, and you know, be able to now deal with situation challenges a lot better. And um, yeah, I now look back and. Yeah, I, I'm thankful in a way that yeah. I went through that. And something you and always do so is you get the positive out of a situation. Yeah. Everything it, is I know you're the you and my father don't like the word negative. No, you don't like the word of uh it's like every challenge is an opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't focus on what the challenge is. Yeah. And it's you not might a sacrifice. So That's what it is. I remember. Oh, Nothing's it's not a, a sacrifice. sacrifice. It's, it's a always choice. an opportunity. It's a decision. No, you button up. It's not a sacrifice. It's an opportunity. Well, for me, it's a decision. I've always said sacrifice is a decision. I didn't sacrifice to move from my family to yeah, come yeah, here yeah. by myself. I made a decision to follow my dreams. And to you know, my mom's always told me, you're here for a reason. Um, a wise man once said, between stimulus and response... There is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response 
lies growth and freedom. freedom. Yeah. So I you're saying, you know, across that challenging period of seven different partners in 11 events. You, yeah, I learned so much from each one. And I took the positive from each one. And, your growth was unreal. And, you know, even even though at that time it might it might have felt, you know, so hard and, and the light wasn't there and, you know, the end of the tunnel wasn't there. Um, you just got to put your bum down, eh? Yeah, you know, just put, a, put your head down, your bum up, and and work hard and crack really, on. You know, prove by your actions. Yeah. Um, so then, fast forward to 2018, you get a silver medal at the Com Games yeah. with Taliqua. Post Com Games, uh, it's the middle of 2018. Kirk, your now head coach, joins your team. He gets you girls in an unreal place as a team. You're firing. Um, it also means you're on tour a lot. You go from being in a team where like, you're qualifying and you're doing the hard yards and you, you need, you're slowly knocking on doors. Now you're in the big dog events all the time. That leads... So that's awesome in its own self, right? You're going to like all the four and five stars. You're going to the Grand Slams. You're going to World Tour Finals. That's unreal. Yeah. You've like... You're, you're in amongst all Dreamed the big, yeah, you're the big teams. You're like Brazil's, the Americas, yeah. the Germany's. You're seeing like all your big dogs on tour. That also means you spend six to seven months overseas. How is that? What are the highs and what are the lows? I want you to, right now, I want you to touch on the highs of being in a sport that goes to all ends of the world. What? How good is it to go to all places? Oh, it's amazing. I'm so grateful that. I do what I love, you know, it takes me around the world, um, gets me to learn about so many cultures, I meet so many people, um, yeah, it's incredible, you know, I travel with, with a great team, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun in a way, you know, like I said, doing, it's, it's my dream, doing what I love, it's my, my job, and I'm super lucky that I get to call that my job. Um, yeah, so many people want to be professional sports people, eh? That's what you dream. That's what you dream of yeah. playing sports. So that's and you get to travel the world doing it. The highs are you see the most beautiful places in the world. Yes, we have a calendar in our third bedroom at our at, here at our house. Yeah, and by the way, we're recording this at our dining room table. We've made it. Uh, <laughs> so our third bedroom has a calendar. You've got pins everywhere you've been. It's yeah. just like looks like a pin bomb. The flip side of that: six to seven months overseas. Tell me about the lows of that. Well, obviously, you've been away from you, away from home, um, away from the furry babies. <laughs> um, little, little kitten, little puppy. Yeah, and me, da, a cat. Um, yeah, I'm such a, I'm such a home family girl, and I love spending time at home. I love spending time with you guys. That, it, you know, it is super hard, but I know that sport. Korea, it's not forever. It's unfortunately a short time that you can only do it for, and can go away in a blink of an eye. Exactly, like touch wood, my God. But you could get an injury, and you, you know, you might not be able to play again. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything could happen. So I looked. Yeah, you have to just focus on the positives and why you do it. You know, your why. Your why is so important. Why you do it. Um, and I love. I love winning, you know, the feeling you get from winning and I love, um, does it help having a supportive base knowing, I think it's, I'll speak for myself here because I know I annoy you in the sense that I push you 
so much, so much to breaking point at times. Um, you're impatient. You're like a chihuahua, like we said so many times. You're impatient that your coach Kirk and Brad and the team will get you to do a new drill and you will want to know why after three sets of that drill, you're not the best in the world at it. Yeah, I want to perfect You're so it. impatient at it. And I'm more of like the sports science mentality, whereas you're like, give me the ball, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So when we come together, I push you so much. Is it? What's it like having your support group around the world with your family in Peru, uh, in Lima, your family you know, in New South Wales, back in Sydney, your family here in Adelaide? What's it like knowing that they're just pushing you and they only ever want the best for you? Oh, I mean, I'd rather that than you not constantly pushing me outside my comfort zone and making me grow and making me a better person because I think that's the beauty of a relationship, right? It's making each other better and growing together and constantly you know, pushing each other outside our comfort zone of course coming from the right intention and and the right place and you know always wanting the best for each other so you know for me even though I might yell at you and be like stop it whatever you know at the end of the day I'm super grateful that you do that because again I wouldn't be the person I am today yeah we've uh we've learned a lot you've definitely taught me so much because you've obviously I'm the most abrupt. It. I'm the most abrupt person <laughs> yeah. that you'll ever meet, and I'm the most not abrupt yeah, person you'll very, ever meet, and that's lovely, why we're a great match. <laughs> you're a lovely, cuddly person, whereas I'm like you tell it how it is. Yeah, I'm like hammer to a nail. I don't mess around. I tell you how it is. Yeah, anyone that I plays Xbox with yeah. me, know, they know that as well. Anyone who's worked for me, they know that as well. That's just your rugby, rugby mates know it. <laughs> Unfortunately, shout out to Burjo and Chips. They cop it every week on the rugby field. <laughs> Um, so you've gone from six to seven months last year we worked it out 185 days apart yes yeah, so 185 days we weren't in the same city um, yeah whether it was you at work or whether it was me or you traveling it was 185 days now COVID-19 hits we've now spent this is crazy so Virat Kohli like India's best probably the second best a lot of people would say best but second best behind Steve Smith cricket yeah. player him and his fiance. Uh, his wife his now. Wife, yeah, yeah this is the longest time they've spent together. together. This is also the longest time that you and I have yeah. spent together. So and you, he tested us right at the start. When did you come? Like you came home from Mexico in November? Oh, yeah. We've been together since early December. So, we, yeah. And we went to the Maldives. We went to the Gold Coast. Um, but then everything just hit. Yeah. The world went into a pandemic of COVID-19. and We've been in each other's pocket. Yeah, we've learnt a lot. The yeah. first few weeks, the first were few weeks was tested because I and we were engaged. Yeah, I think we still are. We like, we're planning. We to get kind of didn't know each other, hey, and we constantly learning about each other and growing, and that's the beautiful thing about it. So, for um, a sports person who is on the road a lot, you know, you're training, you do four to five sand sessions a week. You do three to four gym sessions a week. You're doing fitness. You're doing meetings. You're doing media. You're doing everything that sports people do. And now, boom, you're at home. What's your mentality like? Um, I really didn't... I don't think... No, I don't think... I know I didn't spend any time whinging or looking at the negatives of it. Um, straight away, I was 
in a way I was really excited because I was like, well, now it's the time to bring all my ideas to life. You know, we've, I've mentioned to you and everything I want to do post my career and, and I've wanted to do all this and, you know, I think this is the right time to do it or the right time to start it. So in a way I was super excited. It's pushed us, hasn't it? It's been like yeah, if there's an op- if there's a positive to come out of everything, like we said, you just got to grab the opportunity. The opportunity here for ever- us is to create something that we've been wanting to create for a while. And I think you know we've got the time, so why not start it? And we've been busy. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about off court first. Um, what's next for you off court? Well, we've got our wedding that hopefully goes ahead in October. Scomo, open the borders, brother. Um, Then, like I said, all these ideas that I've had, um, I'm really excited to start doing my apparel, my merchandise. We own a website. The website. MariaFade.com.au hasn't gone live yet. We're looking for website designers. Anyone out there that designs a website? Um, Yeah, and this podcast that I think it's a a great avenue, you know, to share – raw real side of athletes just um, growing your brand yeah yeah that's um, cool so what about on court because you guys are back on court now yeah we started training last tuesday which was so fun um yeah how, we're back on feel? court we're how still doing gym court? in our garage though a gym in the garage how yeah. long did you have off court like two two and a half months how did it feel straight back into straight it back into it it felt super easy like it felt like we actually haven't had much time off at all um yeah we connected straight away it was very smooth we actually had to call it off be like okay this is our first time back we should relax um because we felt it's a good sign yeah we felt so good we could have kept going but you know you have to be careful because you haven't actually trained in two and a half months Um, i suppose that's exactly the downfall of it but yeah the spark was still there the motivation was still there so yeah we're super excited to to build from that that's unreal. I guess that uh, that leads us to wrapping this one up. Yeah, 40, I can't believe it's forty six so minutes. Forty six minutes of uh, between the lines with Maria Fe. That's episode one. And we'll ask as well, like in my social media, I'll ask more questions on what they want to hear and. Yeah, what we can ask different athletes. Yeah. Um, what you guys are interested to hear the ins and out between the lines yeah what fans want to hear from the athletes that Maria Faye and I talk to so we'll definitely use Maria Faye's social media to ask more questions get feedback because we want to make it as real and, and as raw, raw possible yeah. for the fans to get an insight as to what it is like um, so keep an eye out on Maria Faye's socials for questions and stuff like that you shan't be seeing it on mine because I don't use it like that <laughs> Um, thank All you. Always on you is West Tigers and 49ers. Up the Tigers. And a little bit of me. Up the 49ers. <laughs> See you in the gulag. Uh, thank you, Maria Faye. Thank you for thank being you. our guest. And we will uh, see you guys soon. Bye. Ciao.